What up, y'all? It's your man Ernest, or you love Ernest, back again with another episode of the Ernest Thoughts Podcast, and I had to talk about it. I mean, of course, I had to talk about this situation with uh, Tyree Nichols, um, although I want to focus more so on the conversation of black police officers and black cops and um just just my thoughts about them obviously the Tyree Nichols situation is much bigger you know than my hatred yes my hatred and disdain for all cops but black cops well yeah oh yeah uh, yeah yeah I am actually going to say it is much bigger than my my hatred for cops because I think the bigger issue is there's a reason why I feel the way about police officers uh, that I do, you know? It's not because they are people who have some type of, you know, authority over me and I just hate authority, right? It's not some quirky little, uh, you can't tell me what to do, don't tread on me type of, no. It's nothing of that nature. It's has everything to do with Tyree Nichols. It has everything to do with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, Rodney King back in the day, just the countless of others who have been murdered by the police and need I say more. But again, I wanted to focus on the aspect of talking about uh my opinion on black cops uh but before i get into that rest in peace to tyree nichols prayers for his family i did not watch the video and i thankfully have still it's it's been what like a week or two now and i have still i have yet to see the video I, I I'm I'm glad that you know God is 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 keeping that stuff away from me, cause who knows had he had I'd seen that video, if you think the stuff I'm gonna say in this in this segment or this topic here is, you know it's 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 harsh or whatever, I guarantee you if I were to see that video, it'd be a lot more harsh, so. To protect myself, I guess, to protect my sanity. Of course, there's a reason why I didn't watch the video or I haven't seen the video. I purposely was avoiding it. I know on Twitter, because people don't give a damn about your your sensitivity or whatever on Twitter, right? It's all for clicks and views. It's all social media, but it's def- definitely Twitter, right? I did see someone share the video. Like I was scrolling and literally like the top of the video started playing, but then I continued scrolling as soon as I knew what was up. Um, Cause I'd read the caption they were saying, and I saw the name Tyree Nichols. And then I saw this video start to play. And I just knew that was the video of his, his murder essentially. And I'm like, Nope. And then ever since then, that was the closest. And it was like, literally like a millisecond. <laughs> a millisecond look like that's how quick I just was like nope that's the that's that's my viewing if you would even call it that but that's my viewing of the video and I'm proud of that 
I'm proud of that because I'm not watching that, nor am I trying to watch any other videos for that matter of black men being murdered by the police. So there's that. But why, why is there a distinction between black police officers and white officers or black police officers and non, uh, non-black police officers. For one, my interactions with the police, I've had more interactions with white cops than black cops or others as well. Um, I'll put it that way. Um, But my interactions with black cops weren't, none of my interactions with the police made me feel good, but at least I've had calm conversations with white cops. The only calm conversation I've ever had with a black cop was when I was a kid and this cop was giving out chocolate (laughs) for some reason. Uh, He was going to, he and his partner was in their, their, you know, their little cruiser. He saw me and like, my brothers and you know the neighborhood kids we was out playing he came by he asked us to he called us over to his car i'm sitting there like first of all you're a stranger but it's a cop so i'm already like nervous as hell so they end up going up and then i stay i sit back for a while you know because i'm like absolutely not i'm not one i'm not going up to a stranger's car giving out candy and, you know, I didn't know he gave out candy until I believe, I think it was my brother or somebody, one of the kids was like, oh, it's just chocolate. Oh, it's just, he's just, you know. And then, you know, everyone else, I guess, because <laughs> we were kids, you know, young and naive. We felt safe enough to go up to this cop car and, and just get some chocolate. Now, I ended up getting the chocolate. I ended up getting going up and getting the chocolate. Uh, but I remember that reluctant feeling I had. It wasn't, it was because, okay, stranger danger, you know, stranger. Mom always taught us don't go up to the, definitely no, no grown adult that's promising candy or chocolate or whatever. Like, you just don't do that. But then it was like, it was two conflicting things. It was that, and then it was the fact that he was a police officer. I ain't gonna lie, that chocolate was good as fuck. Like, it was good. It was good. Let me, I've been trying not to curse. It was really good, though. That chocolate was really, really good. But that's one interaction I've had with a with a police officer, a black police officer that was, a, I guess, a positive one, even though I would not suggest anybody with kids, especially black kids. I don't, if you know the police officer personally, like, if that officer knows your child knows you personally uh, that's different but if they're a stranger like this guy was and he kind of looked like that brother who uh that black dude who who knows all the ninja skills and stuff let me look up his name real quick on uh, he was in the Nicki minaj for your love uh video um and uh the tyler perry movie that guy that cop i remember his face i remember just that day, you know, he looked like that guy, 
pretty much, right? Because uh, I remember when I first saw that guy, my first thought was, he looks like that cop that gave us the chocolate when I was like nine, 10 years old, you know? He looks like that cop when I first saw that guy, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's that's crazy. You know, did he go from a cop to an actor? You know, was he not cut out to be a cop because he was so damn nice? Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's one. And then the second one, I this was when I was still working uh, the worst job I've ever worked at, <laughs> Stop and Shop. Um, at this Stop and Shop, they, they not only have security, but they would have... Uh, certain times of nights, uh, certain times at nights, they would have a actual police officer there, right? This black cop was the cop that was on was on patrol. He oddly kind of looked like, and I think it's weird in a sense, but he oddly kind of, in a way, kind of looked like that guy as well. And y'all are probably like, oh, all right, he's, he's BSing us. He's making up this story. I kid you not. I kid you not. He didn't look like him for real, for real, like the first cop did. And the first cop, they almost looked really identical. Like the the black dude that I'm talking about that you may have known his name and the cop that I met when I was nine years old, they almost looked identical, right? Other than the cop, the cop wasn't as buff as that dude is. But face, facial-wise, skin tone... I don't remember his voice. I don't know if they, I don't remember if they sounded the same, but face wise, the hair, uh, and again, the, the dark skin, almost identical, almost, right? If you would have put that guy in a police suit, uh, the, the actor, right? If you would have put him in a police suit uniform, I'd be like, yep, that is the cop that gave us the chocolate when I was a kid, right? This guy at this store, kind of looked that way but he wasn't you know one he wasn't nearly as built as the actor um and he was a lot more or i won't say a lot more chunkier but he looked he looked bigger than uh the 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 guy who gave us the chocolate um but they had somewhat similar features as well but i had a calm slash somewhat awkward conversation with him as well um he, just like other black cops, seemed to be super trigger happy. I remember there was this coin there they there used to be. I don't know if there still are now. I, I don't go in that raggedy ass store much, right? I stopped working for them years ago anyway. But there used to be these coin star machines. And you if you know anything about this store, uh and it's only for the Boston people listening to this and you know which store I'm referencing. But these customers or the people, the patrons at this store were were off their rocker, right? It was not right. Like there was just, you get some of the weirdest, strangest, ugliest people in Boston that would all shop at this one stop and shop. Or at least, I won't say all, but you know, a lot of them would, right? So I was, because I was pushing carriages at the time, I was doing that and 
this individual got upset. I guess the the coin machine did didn't print out, you know, whatever or whatever the issue was. But the coin machine was messing up, and they got upset. So they asked me about it, and I'm like, I don't. You're gonna have to call, talk to customer service about it because that's not my job, you know. I didn't say you're like, well, you got rude with them. I I said it. I didn't use those words verbatim. I actually was like, you know, yeah, that this happens. Uh, but if you can, but you can go to talk to customer service and hopefully you get it situated. I do not, unfortunately, I don't know like what to do with that. But of course, that's not what they wanted to hear. What they wanted to hear was. I could go and fix this this machine because I work at this t- store, right? So I'm like telling them, listen, I can't, psh, that ain't my job, you know? And I don't, I remember just zoning them out. They was getting louder and louder. Um, and then the cop came, right? So I'm sitting here and I believe the person was white too. So I'm sitting there and knowing this black cop is who he is a black cop. I'm like, even if this person is in the wrong and they're the aggressor, I'm still going to look like the, the one in the wrong because I'm the black man. Right. So surprisingly the cop, the, the, the cop didn't take that stance though. He was like, what's the problem? Da, 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 da. White person obviously seen the cop and tried to make it seem as though I was the issue. Um, and I didn't even say anything. The cop was said, pretty much said, said what I was thinking. This is a you problem. This is not his problem, man. He is not in charge of that. You're going to have to go to talk to customer service once again. Right. So I guess that's not the response the person wanted. Obviously, the person wanted the cop to pull out the gun and shoot me, just because the machine messed up their 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 Coinstar, you know, order or whatever the case is, right? So the person ends up going into the store, and then me and the cop we talk a bit, and I'm like, I I kept telling him, I kept telling him, hey, that ain't me. Like I like, why would I like? That that's not me. You're gonna have to talk to customer service. And then <clears throat> he made a comment that was just weird to me. He was like, like, what did what what, what did uh, he expect me to do? Shoot the machine, um, or whatever. And then I'm like. Yeah, that wouldn't have uh, fixed the issue. And then he made another comment about, like, shooting me or some shit like that. Like like how it would fix the issue if maybe if I was the one who ended up did getting shot. Like, how would, the, would he... Would he being the guy who had the problem with the Coinstar machine, would he then be satisfied? Like, would all his his issues that he's having, would he be satisfied if the cop would just shoot me, right? Now, he could have been simply like, oh, this guy just wanted me to shoot you. And that's why he, he tried to, you know, make it seem as though you're in the wrong. It could have been that. But 
I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, I don't like the way that he worded that. It made it seem, and plus he chuckled after that. So it's like, you don't threaten like me. I, I could joke about anything, but joking about shooting me when I have weapons of my own, I'm going to just let it know. Listen, you can joke on me about anything. You can joke with me about almost anything. But don't make wisecracks about shooting me. You can make wisecracks about slapping me. You can make wisecracks about, you know, I don't know, pushing me in the ocean. Don't actually try to do this stuff either. But I don't know. You can make comments of that nature, but don't make, oh, I'm going to shoot you. Don't make wisecracks about that. You just don't. That's all I'm going to say. Just don't. All right? Whether you have weapons or not, just don't. I don't do it with anybody who has weapons. Let me just put it that way. Not not me. I'm not Mr. Hardo, but I'm not Mr. Softo either. But anybody with with guns or any other types of weapons, don't don't make joke, jokes about shooting them. Just don't. So that was the second and last positive interaction with a black police officer that I've had. Now, again, like I said, most of my run-ins with the cops were with white cops. Um, And like I've mentioned this before on the podcast, I've mentioned my hatred for black cops on the podcast either, but I haven't gone in depth as to why, as like I will in this segment. If it's a long one, it's a long one, but um, as I've mentioned before, I've had multiple interactions with the police. One out of the maybe eight to 10, because after, after two, you kind of just stop counting, to be honest with you. But I still feel like I've had less than 20, but at least 10. One out of the 10, let me just put it that way. One out of the 10 interactions, the cops were called on me because of an actual valid reason. I was doing some stuff I shouldn't have been doing. At least 90% of the interactions, the cops were either called on me or they just thought they could just question me for nothing. And they all have been nothing. They all amounted to nothing, right? Other, some of those interactions, those 90% interactions, again, were with black cops. One in particular that I remember, this was years ago as well. This is not a positive one. Like I said, I'm done with the positive or quote unquote, somewhat positive stories of my interactions with black cops. Like I said, one, one, my first instance, he gave, he gave me and, you know, all my friends chocolate, right? And chocolate was really good. Second interaction, a guy stopped a customer from yelling on me, but then threatened to shoot me to make the guy happy or joked about shooting me to make the guy happy. Anyways. Um, I was walking in my neighborhood, right? I was with a friend of mine um, who 
has family who lives in the neighborhood as well. So we were walking around. I think I mentioned this on, on here as well, but I'll mention, I'll detail the story again, you know? So we were walking, all right? Now this neighborhood, it, it is a neighborhood where it gets dark when, when it gets dark, it gets dark. So if you don't know your way around the neighborhood, it could be, I guess, a scary, a scary, a scary walk. But if you know where you're going, it's kind of like one of those situations where like, you know, your house, right? You know, your area. So you can walk around your house or apartment or wherever in the dark because you know it, right? You just have that sixth sense about you. That's how it was for me and him. We knew that neighborhood. So no matter how dark it was, and it wasn't like super late either. It was like seven and eight, or I think it was like before nine. Like it was almost nine, right? So it was around that time, right? Um, and we're walking, right? So it's me, him, and we're actually walking back to or toward his, again, he has family that lives in the neighborhood, his grandmother. So we're walking toward his grandmother's, right? Um, the way that we walk, though, is he can, his grandmother lives closer to where we were at than I but we're still walking the same path, but all he had to do was take uh, like a left and I would have to keep walking straight until I take the left that's near where I live, right? But it was a ways away. So we're walking on the same path. We seen the security guards throughout the entire night. And yeah, I was being, I was, I noticed it as well. Throughout the entire night, uh, as we were like, not even not entire night, but just that entire day, honestly, because uh, we were just hanging around and stuff. Throughout that entire time, just hanging around, catching up and all that, this the same security guards would just, car would just drive by or from a distance, watch us or whatever. So they knew I knew I was, I, 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 they knew that I knew they were watching us because I made comments out loud. It was like, they don't really have anything up better to do than watch two black men just watching and just, just, just talk and catch up on stuff. This is a friend from high school, by the way. So it's like, we're just catching up from, from since then. And you know, life after that, <laughs> you know, So I make a comment like that. I remember because I, I the first time I'm like, all right. Second time, I'm like, okay, this is weird. And the third time they heard me again and then they sped off. So I thought they were just gone for the like, at least st- they were going to stop stalking us for the rest of that day. Nope. It wasn't until we, again, we got on this walking path. That is uh, a path that we can take to get to our respected places, right? They come again and I say, oh my God, here they go again. Are they serious? So the guy hears that, they, they hear that. And they instead of speeding off this time, they speed toward us. And I'm like, hold on. I know they're not going to come over here and question us about anything 
like we haven't done anything. We it's not illegal to be walking. There's no curfew or anything. There's nothing. We're not breaking any laws. None of that, right? Again, black cop. No, no laws, nothing. In fact, we walked by two Indian guys that was smoking weed. I know, snitch. You do what you want to do. I think that stuff should be legalized anyway, so I'm not calling the cops on nobody. But I damn sure did mention the fact that, listen, y'all walk, first of all, these dudes smelled loud as heck of that weed. And they power walked right past us because they knew, oh snap, security, right? But they knew, they also knew, well, these security guards are occupied with these black dudes, so we kind of got away (laughs) with smelling like, we right so the guy comes he's walking and i'm like yo i'm standing at a distance and i'm like what what do we do we're not doing anything so what why are you stopping us he's shut the fuck up that's the first thing he says now me i'm a young hothead i'm like hold on who are you talking to I didn't care if he had a gun on on him. I didn't have anything on me at the time. But I didn't care if he had a gun on him. It was, you're, you've been stalking us all afternoon. I'm already upset about that. And then you got the nerve to stop us in the middle of, you know, where we're walking. You drive up on the sidewalk because it's a walkway. Literally, it's a walkway, y'all. You have the nerve to drive up on this walkway, stop in the middle of it, burst out of your car like we like we like we didn't like we're doing something wrong. So obviously, yeah, I'm gonna react. I don't care how you know you should have took this town. You should have. You react how you react. I I react how I react. I don't. I'm not gonna sit there and just oh, I'm throwing one out. So I say that, and then. He had like his his jaw kind of dropped. Like I know damn well this man did not just talk to me that way. He's supposed to be afraid of me, right? Now my friend is being talked to by the other cop. By the way, the other cop was non-black. I think he was like Hispanic or Latino or whatever, right? He, you know, or I'm gonna call him off-white. <laughs> Let me not. But he wasn't black. But he wasn't like. Caucasian white either. All right. Let me be, I guess, respectful. So he's talking to my friend and the black cop goes up to me, right? He, he's walking toward my way and I'm standing there. And then he, as he's walking toward me again, this black cop, he's telling me not to take another step forward. At the moment, I'm like, I give him a look like I'm not doing stepping forward. What? And then he comes closer and closer. And so we're face to face at this moment now, right? Plus he's taller than me, right? He's just tall. He's at least like, he was at least like six. He was chubby, but he's at least like maybe six one, six two-ish, right? But he's taller than me nonetheless. So we're face to face at this point. 
And he then asked me, what are you doing out here? I say to him in his face, I'm looking at at him because he's taller than me. I live out here. That's what I'm doing out here. And I got the right to be here. Where do you live? I'm like, you, you, am I being questioned for anything? I'm not telling you where I live for what? So you can go there and terrorize me? You go there and, and, you know, terrorize my family? Did I do anything wrong? Just answer the fucking question. Did I do anything wrong? If nothing is wrong, to mind, and I'm not like some lawyer or whatever, but I'm like, we ain't do anything wrong. Is it illegal to walk here? Well, it's well, y'all are walking in the dark and y'all been walking around. I know you've noticed me and stuff because I heard your comments because you've been following us all day. We haven't been doing anything wrong, have we? But you know, we haven't been doing anything wrong. So he didn't get the information he wanted from me, but my friend was telling that all telling the, the cop everything. He was talking to everything. Told him that grandma's address, told him my address. So he got the information from him. Right. Pretty much asked. He, they, they, you know, they do the separation thing where they try to see if they can catch us in a lie. So they separate us even further. They ask him, what are we doing out here? They ask me, what are we doing out here? Pretty much. We pretty much said the same thing. We're two old friends catching up and we were walking around the neighborhood because one, the friend again has family out here, but he doesn't live out here. So he wanted to see all the, how it looked like. And obviously we're just walking and talking, shooting the shit as folks would say. So the stories came back as the same. And then that's when officer fat black, that's what I'm gonna call him. Officer fat black wanted to, well, you know, y'all got to be safe and everything. And where y'all going now? He tried to, again, try to get some more information. I wouldn't tell him a thing. But friend over here, scared out of his mind. I get it. But he, oh, I'm just going to, he, he he's just going home, officer. And I'm just going to my grandma's house. Security guard wanted, oh, I can take y'all there. Like, y'all, you, you know, it's dark. We got to look out for each other. What? We got to look out for each other. You damn near want to fuck me up simply because I caught your ass stalking us. And now it's, we, we got to look for each other. We got to look out for each other. Get the fuck out of here. I, I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to curse, but I, you know I got to. Forgive me, Lord, but get out of here. Get out of here. We got to look out for each other now. You know... I'm going to take a pause real quick because I still got more to say, (laughs) but stay tuned. All right. So enough of my personal stories. Um, This is now my personal opinion regarding, again, and I just gave you one story, by the way, that one story of the black cop who was um, rude that was one of, like I said, that was one of the maybe 10 interactions I've had with the police in general, but I've only had interactions with black cops. 
out of the out of the ten interactions, maybe about like thirty percent of them involved black ops. So the rest were white cops. But but that out of that thirty percent, that it stuck with me the most, um, and if feel like it hurt the most because those were the times where the violent outbursts, of course, and even when I was a kid and I shared the whole chocolate story thing, right? But those were the times where I felt like shit could have gone down, shit could have gone south at any moment in time. Now, I felt that way when I've been stopped by white cops too. But it felt more like the white cops were... I won't say doing their job because they all doing their job to harass motherfuckers. But the black cops were fishing for shit. Let me put it that way. When I've had shit with white cops, they were, in a weird way, they weren't necessarily fishing for trouble. They weren't trying to start trouble. They was looking for it and they looked in the wrong place and at the wrong person. They didn't want to believe that it was the wrong person because black man but they weren't necessarily trying to provoke the situation escalate the situation um with the majority i won't say all of them but the majority of the white cops that i've dealt with or the non-black cops that i've dealt with i've had one interaction with one asian cop and he was he seemed more eager to end the interaction than I did. Of course, I want to end, end the interaction, but he seemed more eager to end the in, in interaction, which was weird because it wasn't like I initiated the interaction in the first place. He was asking me some questions about a certain situation that I was just, again, had nothing to do with. But at least he was, you know, like, okay, no further questions. And then he, he got the fuck out, right? Me, I, I was just like, hey, this has to be one of the quickest interactions with a police officer ever, right? But black cops, especially with black folks, they try to escalate the situation. Other people I've mentioned this before, and it's and it's and they're absolutely right when I've listened to other people's takes as to why black cops are so terrible. KRS One, the legendary hip hop artist has a song called Black Cop. I urge y'all to listen to it if you don't know the song. And if you know the song and you're very familiar with it, you know what he said in the song was absolutely true. If you know of the song, but you don't, you, you need a refresh on the lyrics, please. Feel free to pause this listen and go listen to the song or go read the lyrics to the song. You can find it on Rap Genius or Genius as, as it's called now. I still call it rap genius, but whatever. You can go find the lyrics on there. I'm not going to do that for you and read the lyrics off, but as I'm <laughs> playing the song in my head right now, and this is a song that came out in the 90s, or at least I think late 80s, late 80s, early 90s, either or, what was said was true. And what he was going through at the time as someone who's growing up in the 70s dealing with, you know, black cops. 
and all that. What was it, it was true. Black cops are terrorists to black folks. And they're far worse than white cops to us. And I will stick by that because, again, my personal interactions. Like I said, whenever I've dealt with a black cop, it was only I've only had all of my interactions with cops. 30 percent of it, the very least, you know, at the very most, let me put it that way, because it could have been far less than that. I'm thinking at this moment in time, it's probably even less. But, you know, 30% were with black cops. And I felt like at any moment in time, they would have, they, they were, again, they were fishing for shit. So I don't believe this aspect that a lot of black cops either tell me or tell y'all saying that they joined the force because they've seen things in the neighborhoods that they've grown up in, right? These predominantly black neighborhoods, they've seen things that they want to make a change. That's an admirable, they want to make a positive change. They want to, you know, help, again, police these neighborhoods in a positive way. That's an admirable reason, but it's totally false. I said I was going to stop with the stories, but a conversation I had with a black cop a couple years ago, 2020 actually, this was when I discussed uh, the George Floyd situation. A black cop reached out to me and was pretty much again on this point of you have you don't know what you're talking about you can't say all cops are this all cops are that if I was there um, if I was there it wouldn't have happened that way or I would have told Derek Chauvin to chill out I got into the police force because of again the same reasons every single black cop it's like a at this point in time, to me, it seems like a scripted answer that maybe they learn in the police academy, like black cops specifically learn in the police academy. Say this when people ask you why you're you're on the police force or say this as the reason as to why you're a black police officer uh, who is essentially a race soldier, right? a race traitor and a race soldier for white supremacists. Say this thing, that you you saw the, the, the crazy conditions in your neighborhood and the crime level and the, how unsafe it was growing up, and you thought, I got to make a change. Every single black cop, I'm telling you, from ones that I've known personally, from the cop at the store who joked about shooting me, from this guy who reached out to me a couple years ago, from just people who I've seen watched interviews of former black cops or black cops in general, they all say the same thing. I saw things in my neighborhood that needed a change and I decided to be that change. So that's what the guy was saying to me. 
and he was like, oh, they're protesting and blah, 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 and talking about it. Yeah. How about you be the change? If you don't like the way that we are policing, how about you join the force? My response to him. was I joined the force, the police force, just like how you did. And instead of, because you claim things will change when people who say fuck the police actually join the police force and make those, and you know, somehow things are going to change, right? Cops are going to stop killing black folks if more black people join the police force. Shit don't make no sense. But my thing is, if I join and nothing changes, just like how you are in the police force now and nothing has changed, how do you explain that? And then that's when he got into his whole tirade of, oh, you know, I wasn't there. You know, we're in to- two totally different states. That was in Minnesota. I'm in blah, blah, blah. I forgot where he was, but he wasn't in Minnesota. And blah, blah. if I was there with Derek Chauvin, I would have told him to chill the fuck out. I would have, nah, nah, don't do that. And all this raw, raw talk. And the thing is, I've said this to cops before. And I'm say it again. All this idea, all this talk about change, 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 change. Y'all don't never keep that. Y'all don't never tell the cops to make a change. It's always the people have to change. Change the way you talk to the police officers. There are videos of people pleading, begging. Or just talking calmly to the police officers and still getting shot. There are people making it transparent to police officers. Listen, I am going to go in my glove department to get the information that you ask of me. I'm reaching in my pocket not to get a gun, but to get the information that you're asking of me. Please do not shoot and still get shot. So you said change your tone. People change that. They still got murdered. You said... Change the way you dress. You blame hip hop culture. Change the way you dress and all that. People dressed to the nines, dressed in Sundays, their Sundays best, and still got beat and killed. You said change your body language. People were calm. They didn't run. They weren't fearful. They still got shot. Change your stance. Get on your knees. Put your hands behind your head. People still got killed. So all this talk about change, 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 you're telling us we need to change all these things and people are doing these changes. People, if a cop says this, you do this, you do it, and then you still end up getting shot. I know that was kind of a tangent on all cops because it's not just black cops who abuse that power. It's all of them. But I brought it up because, again, the black cop felt the need to reach out to me. It was like, oh, yo, you know, you, you, you saying all this stuff and you're not really doing anything to make a difference. 
You need to join a police force and then make a difference and you be the cop that you want to see in. First of all, cops that would react the way that I would react rarely survive. They, They either quit, they get killed themselves, suicided, I guess, or they get let go for not following suit. Nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody with a good heart, wants to be a police officer. Nobody with good intention in actually protecting people wants to be a police officer. And definitely not these black cops who will lie to you and say, because I've seen crazy things happen in my neighborhood growing up. I want to make a positive change. Absolutely not. This is not no Carl Winslow. This is not Family Matters. Like this is that that shit slides on TV. Those reasons slide on TV when you, you when you can write the character to actually be a decent to good cop. But in the real world, that's not what they get into the force for. They get into the force. to differentiate themselves from other black folks. Once they get in, especially, that's what they do. They have this idea of, I'm not respected as a black man, but I will be respected, and I will feel like I have authority once I join the police force. You got a lot of cops, not just the black ones. You got a lot of cops. It wasn't this, it was this, uh, he's a man now, but this boy, (laughs) but nah, it was this dude I went to high school with who became a cop. I don't know if he considered himself black. I mean, he was, he's Cape Verdean. I don't know if he would consider himself black, but that's another, I guess, positive black cop conversation, uh, not conversation, but interaction or just cop interaction I've had. I'm not saying I've never had any positive interactions with the police, by the way. But y'all going to, if you really think that I'm going to ignore at large the larger issue of police brutality because I personally haven't been killed Why a cop? Obviously, because you're listening to the podcast. I haven't been shot. I haven't been beaten. And I will go as far as I've never even been other than being handcuffed by the one time. Like I said, the cops were called on me and I was really doing some stuff I shouldn't have been doing. Other than that, I've never been touched by a cop. All of the heated interactions were verbal. I've had guns pulled out on me. Yeah. I've had cops reach for their holsters all the black cops, by the way, except for the the guy giving out chocolate, but all of them have reached for their holster at one point in time, whether it be through a joke and one and, and, and again in quotation marks because I that wasn't funny to me, nor was it a joke to me, or they were stopping me, or the guy that stopped me and the friend 
from walking to our homes. When he was walking toward me, telling me not to take a step forward, he had his gun in his hand. Black cops are worse. I've seen black cops be worse on black folks than they are on anybody else. In fact, I've seen white folks be in the wrong and black cops have all the grace and pretty much the same mentality as white cops will have with white folks or tend to have with white folks. It's this understanding of, hey, listen, you need to put that weapon down or, hey, listen, you need to do X, Y, and Z and both of us can come out of this alive. Not with black folks, though. So when I see that you have the five black cops and they operate like gang members because they are a gang member, right? They are a gang. The irony is you have these black cops who, again, will, and I'm pretty sure all five of those cops made the excuse of their, quote, reason why they joined the force is all the same. Growing up in this neighborhood, I saw this, that, the third. I wanted to make a difference. The irony is black cops, not just those five that killed Tyree Nichols, but black cops in general will then take on the actions and the mentality of the quote the 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 gang members or the the dangerous folks that they said they wanted to change. They then take on the mentality of a a gang member. The violent mentality. They want to... act... with vengeance and and, and just, just... Hatred and anger and torment toward a black person. Don't seem any different from a gang to me or gang members to me. It's also the aspect of Black cops like to put, they love to put on for their white uh, paymasters. They love to put on for those folks. They have to show, or they feel like they have to show that they're not one of us. So they go harder on us just to show that they're not one of us. The irony is one of, because I've had many black cops reach out to me, because like I've said, I've made these, these, these same points before. The irony is I've had cops reach out, black cops reach out, or at least one from what I remember, and pretty much admit that without trying to admit that fully. But I I understood what he was saying. Pretty much, (laughs) they got to put on. 
Now, that's no excuse still. It's still no excuse. People get, tell themselves all types of excuses that they want just to justify their actions. It's still no excuse, but that's pretty much what he was saying. Like, we got to we gotta put on just to show that we're not y'all. So, yeah, we're going to be tougher on y'all. I'm I'm sure there are some who are going to try to spin it and be like, oh, we're only tough on y'all. Who would you rather be tough on? Oh, who would you, would you, ra- it, it better to be us to be tough on y'all than, than the white cops because they going to kill, you know. And that would be awkward for any of them to make that point because it's like, oh, so you know they are going to do harm to us, but you, you're okay with that? You're okay with working with somebody who is, will that you feel will harm people who look like you? All that mental gymnastics, all that BS. You know what? I can't stand nosy motherfuckers. (laughs) Like, I really can't stand that. But nah, on to the topic here. I don't know what else to say, honestly. I'm 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 probably just going to hear. Um I said what I've had to say. I you know, black cops, you y'all are the y'all are the worst. Anyone listening and you're gonna reach out and you need to do this, you need it, blah blah no. Or I am not this way, or I am any cop for that matter, black and white, non black, non white. If you if your initial reaction is always let me say well that's not me and we're talking about the whole system at large not you individually how about you look at the whole system at large oh well i don't look work around i don't work alongside people who i'm pretty sure every single police department here in america have had some stuff have had some scandals whether they made major news or not, whether they made even local news or not. They've had some scandals. Even You may not even been on the force. You may not have been around. You may have not been involved. Nonetheless, it still happened. No police department is squeaky, squeaky clean. I'm willing to bet that. I'm willing to bet money I don't even have on that, just to, to, to bet that no police department in this country is squeaky clean of, <clears throat> unless it's a department that literally started like today. <laughs> Which even then, you probably got a question, how the hell they get built so fast? Some shady stuff happened. But no department is squeaky clean. So you can say, oh, I wasn't involved in that, or I didn't do that, or me and my partner, Ams, we didn't know. That's like if I worked at, you know, let's say I was still working retail. Glad I'm not. But let's just say I was, and I was working at a Walmart, right? I'm not saying Walmart does this, but I was working at a Walmart, and... At this Walmart, 
they were stealing customer information. Um, all these stores do it, but like they were legit just stealing customer information. Like I'm talking social security cards. I'm talking, uh, you know, credit and debit card numbers. I'm talking pin codes. I'm talking all that stuff, right? You know, they were stealing that information and then making purchases with with that information. Still in their identity, essentially, right? Yeah, I might be I might not be involved in the situation, but if someone were to say that store cannot be trusted, I'm not gonna take offense and be like, oh, well, you know, I can't do nothing. That wasn't me, yeah, that wasn't my that, that wasn't me nor the cashier next to me, or that wasn't me or whatever. I wasn't involved in that. But you work with people who did. It, the store is notorious for doing this, or at least they're known for doing this. You work here, therefore you're guilty by association. Just like how they do us, black folks. Cops don't seem to want to understand that guilty by association. Oh, it's, it's wrong. Guilty by association is wrong. It's wrong when it's done to you, but it's all right when you do it to other people. Well, you can't assume all cops are, but you assume all black folks are doing something wrong. You see two black men walking around, talking, laughing, having a good time, and you ignore the weed-smoking Indian dudes that stank of it because you wanted to question the two black guys because you couldn't just believe that Two black guys just not doing anything wrong. Oh, that's just not, that's preposterous. Oh, I forgot. Something suspicious is going on around here. That was your assumption. All the other times I've been stopped solo by police officers, whether I'm walking somewhere, whether I'm whatever the case, and I wasn't doing anything wrong. All those assumptions. That's not wrong, y'all. But it's wrong for me to say all black cops are, are, are a certain way. It's, all, it's wrong for me to say all cops are a certain way. One actually has more power. And with that more power comes more responsibility. I don't know why you... you, you uh, <clears throat> Star Wars nerds or people out there understand that in the sense of the movie, but don't understand how true to life that quote is in general. You understand that for a fucking fictional character, Luke Skywalker, but you don't want to hold an actual person to said same standard. The more power, the more responsibility you have to do right with the power. So that's my thoughts on that. We got two more topics to talk about, so uh, we'll get into a commercial break. Stay tuned. All right, this second topic here. Oh, man. All the podcasters who, uh, who uh, maybe, I can't speak for all of y'all. I don't want to generalize, but... 
maybe there are topics where we're like we feel like we we have to talk about, although we kind of don't want to. Not to say that that first topic was something I really wanted to discuss, but I just wanted to like set the record straight on my thoughts on black cops. I don't, you know, not I want to go further just a little bit here on that one topic. Yeah, black cops can definitely carry out white supremacy. Uh, Anti-blackness happens in all communities, and including the black community as well. Just because it was all black cops who did what they did to Tyree Nichols doesn't mean that it wasn't race motivated. Like I said, black cops are terrorists to black people because it's race motivated. So there's that. But on to this topic here, I wanted to talk about... I call I call them pandemic babies. Well, some people, a lot of people call them pandemic babies. Uh, I'm calling them pandemic babies as well, but I also, the name that I'm calling them is tablet babies. Uh, pretty much kids who like their, their entire experience on life. Well, I won't say the entire, but a lot of what they're experiencing life through, like the learning people should should get, is through a tablet, or at least a lot of what their their time being spent is through a tablet or you know a mobile device. It could be a phone, it could be a you know some other device or whatever, iPad for those who wanna, you know, get technical with it. But tablet baby sounds like a better term to me than iPad baby. Um. And that's not like tech bias, whatever. I have an iPad. I pretty much prefer my iPad than when I had my tablet. My tablet was basura. Anyways, the the point still stands. We're not talking about technical terms here. We're talking about my personal fear with what's going on with pandemic babies, tablet babies, from what I've seen. I want to make it clear that when I speak about this, I'm not here to judge anyone. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm doing here is speaking on something that I feel that I I see something that concerns me and I'm speaking about it. There are too many babies that I know. that are far behind. And when I say babies, I'm talking about anyone between two to five years old. Now, I know five is not a child. I mean, five is not a baby. That's a child, clearly. But I'm using babies in the term, in, 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 in this situation, because... I want to drive home the importance of how young these individuals are. I'm not going to name names. And yeah, there are other factors that play into why they're lacking behind. But 
I don't see their caregivers. And I use that term not because the 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 babies that I'm thinking of, they're not not all of them are being taken care of by their biological parents. So I say caregivers because obviously they're being taken care of by whoever is taking care of them. That means parents or not, biological parents or not. But I see a lot of the actions of their, I see the actions of their caregivers and it's not necessarily the best course of action they should take with their pandemic slash tablet baby. I understand there has to be a level of grace we must have for babies that were born during the pandemic lockdown. They came into a world where there was no school. They came into a world where they probably didn't even go outside much, if 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 at all. They came into a world likely being shoved in front of electronics, whether it be the TV, whether it be a tablet, iPad, or phone. I get it. So there is a level of grace that I have, a large level, honestly. Again, this is not coming from a place of judgment, but I do have some concerns that the people who are old enough and know better enough and should be doing better, but aren't, and they have excuse after excuse. Now, there might be people who listen and they get offended. I, I'm sorry. That's not the point, but I got to say what I have to say. Just because the child may have been born during a pandemic, just because the child is young enough to operate a mobile device, electronic device, just because the father is not in the life of the child, just because a child may have a speech impediment, just because a child may not be able to read and all that other stuff. And I bring all this up because the situations that I know of, that I'm thinking of, these, whether it's a child or whether it's an actual baby, they know how to use technology that a lot of old people... (laughs) don't even know how to use or struggle to use. They know how to use technology pretty much. And my thing is, if they can learn how to call people, how to boot up a game on an app uh, uh, or an app on a tablet or a phone, If they can learn these things, how to take pictures, if they can learn these things, whatever educational learning ailments that they are going through, they can definitely learn these things too. It's just the people who are in charge of taking care of them don't want to teach them these things or aren't doing the best of job, period, to teach them these things 
because whether whether these folks want to admit it or not, a lot of these people are taking care of kids for the aesthetic of having a baby in your life. You know, the aesthetic of, oh my God, it's this cute little thing. Oh my God. It... And I think a lot of adults, even prior to the prior to 2020, a lot of adults got this false sense of responsibility that they have about themselves or being a, being a responsible adult about themselves simply because they have a kid, whether, again, whether they birth that, they help bring that child into the world or they're taking care of that child via, via being a step-parent or not. A lot of these adults, getting on the adults, a lot of them, because this, this segment really is about the adults. It's not, yeah, I'm bringing up the kids, but again, it's up to the adults to show them better, to teach them better. Not the kids that teach them better and show themselves. But a lot of the adults in this situation, in these situations, they have a false sense of responsibility, uh, of being responsible about themselves. They believe that they are responsible because there's a kid in their life, in their presence. So they do the bare minimum. They, they'll feed the kid. They'll bathe the kid. They'll play with the kid. They'll talk to the kid. They take their little pictures and all that stuff. All that with the kid, right? They'll celebrate holidays and birthdays with the, all of that. But the good times and the joyous times and the celebrations are obviously not the only times that one should have when it comes to raising a child. Simply throwing a party and remembering birthdays doesn't just constitute you as a responsible caregiver. It's the things that you do to make sure that these kids are not lagging behind, even if you don't have much power or resource to do much about it. I understand, again, when when schools were locked up, like everything else was locked up, it wasn't like you could just send your kid to school. There would be no one to teach them. But I felt like during, especially when it came to the actual babies of that time, or at least even the kids that were growing up then, <clears throat> like young younger kids that may have been like three or four years old at the time of 2020. Yeah, from my observation, and I'm not speaking about everybody. Again, I only speak, I'm, I'm speaking about the people that come to mind that I know personally. I don't think they did the best job at teaching them or at least trying to make sure that there was some type of education going on. Now, people could break up. Well, it was hard. It was hard for adults. Trust me, I know how hard 2020 was. 
as an adult. (laughs) But you're an adult. Tough times will come. As an adult, you can't just sit back and say, a tough time is here, so I'm just going to cower and not do anything. That was the time, and I'm not saying it had to be perfect, but that was the time that should have been taken via these caretakers, from these caretakers, to actually teach the kids something. Instead of, well, we have all this time in the world for a whole year, might as well let them use this tablet and have them watch every show that they want to watch. Oh, man, they know all the words to this theme song. But that's the only song, that's the only song they can read or or they they can't even read the lyrics if they see it. They just, they have to hear the song, hear the beat, or the instrumental, and know, oh, that's the instrumental to this song. I know the words of this song. Great. Can you read the words if the words, if there was no beat, no instrumental, and the lyrics were right in front of you, just written on a paper right in front of you? Could you read off this sheet of paper? Could you read in general? My tone may come off as harsh and judgmental. It's it's concern. I'm telling you it's concern. Trust me. I'll let you know when I'm judging you. I've done so on this podcast. I'm not judging anybody. I am holding the caretakers to a level of responsibility that they should have in regards to the state of these children being behind, being left behind. Yes, I'm holding that on y'all. Even the ones who are like, well, I'm not the biological parent. And nobody said you had to take care of the kid and yet you still did. No one made you do it. You said yeah to be the stepdaddy or stepmama. You said yeah to be the godparent. These are things that you have the option to even agree to do or not. And you took on said role. But now you don't want to do the nitty gritty of that role. Being a step parent is no different from being a biological parent. The titles may be the same, but the same, the responsibilities are, the titles may be different, but the responsibilities are the same. You are still responsible for the education of that child. You're still responsible for the health of that child. You're still responsible for the growth of said child, the protection of said child. No matter what your caretaker, other than caretaker, 
whatever title is under that, whether you are the parent caretaker, step parent caretaker, godparent caretaker, or just somebody who just has the name caretaker, your responsibility to that child remains the same. And the frustration comes in because I see a lot of parents nowadays, caretakers, not parents, but caretakers nowadays, not doing the best that I feel as though they should be doing for these children. And it hurts me because this is obviously the future, especially when it's black children who are behind. Any child left behind is bad, but yeah, I'm not going to lie here. It's, it's, it's especially bad when I see black children who are left behind, who are lagging behind already. Now, even with the cases that I see that I'm referencing, yeah, there are, there are some, some bright spots. The kid may not be speaking right now and he's four years old and he should be speaking, but he's totally talented at playing the piano, totally like he has a knack for music or whatever, right? This kid clearly is into this thing or that thing or whatever. And that stuff is great. But there's still a major issue that needs to be taken care of. Whether it be this kid's speech impediment, whether it be the fact that the kid is not speaking at all, whether it be the kid can't read, and they should be able to. At their age. These are things that no matter how great they're doing in other fields, you still have to focus on what's not going right. Because imagine if they were able to read. Imagine if they were able to, you know, get past the speech impediment. Imagine, you know, if they're great now at the things that they do great. Imagine how much greater they can and will be once they get the proper education. But again, caretakers, it's all on y'all. Do you, are you just around because you want the aesthetic of being a parent? Or do you really want to take on all the responsibility of what it means to be a caretaker? You know, I'm a, I'm a pray for the pandemic babies, the tablet babies, the pandemic babies. I'm a pray for them. That might not mean much to you, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I want better. These are the people who are of the future. And again, 
black, white, or not, but it still hurt. It really hurts me when a number of these caretakers that I'm thinking about are black and are taking care of black children who are not at the level that they should be, whether they are two years old to five to to four to five. So that's just what I have to say about the whole situation. I'll get into the last topic. But before then, we'll hit you with another commercial break. Stay tuned. So what's up, y'all? So many of y'all already know that I have a lot more interest in politics and life and speaking with fellow writers and authors and just other people in other fields that I think are amazing. I have a love and interest for music as well. Now, I don't necessarily create music. Well, I do make beats. Y'all should check them out whenever I share them on social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all that. But I'm talking about a dedicated podcast where I speak about music. So if you like my honest discussions about whatever I talk about here, you're going to love the honest discussions I have about music over at the My Two Cents podcast. That is a podcast I do, a weekly podcast. I've been doing it just as long as this podcast that you're listening to right now. The My Two Cents podcast can be found anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Go over, subscribe to My Two Cents podcast. That is the word My Two Cents is spelled numerically dollar sign zero dot zero two podcast right after that you'll be able to find it everywhere you're listening to this podcast once again go over subscribe to the my two cents podcast new episodes every monday just like this podcast now let's get back to the show All right, so this last topic here, um, I'm going to try to make it brief, but who knows? I want to share my thoughts on the whole Tiffany Dover conspiracy for, I guess, the simplest explanation. Tiffany Dover is or was a, a doctor who... A couple years ago, took a took um, what's it called the M M N R A or M R A or whatever they call one of the vaccines, one of the COVID nineteen vaccines. Um, hopefully this this thing does not get flagged. This episode, well, I don't give a fuck, man. Fuck all that. <laughs> took all. Well, I do care, but you know, fuck it. We here. Sorry for the curse, but took the, apparently Tiffany Dover was a nurse who took a vaccine shot live on television and then did an interview shortly after getting the shot. And then on said interview, there's a video of this and everything um, on, on the interview while she's being interviewed, she is 
to me, it was terrible acting, to be honest with you. She's showing signs of, like, being sick and drowsy and, and woozy and all that. And then the way that she passed out, really, like, the way she held her head, like, it was almost fairy, ta- fairy like, princess-ish. Um, like, have you ever seen, like, Cinderella-ish, whenever she just passed out and she put the head on her, share her hand on her head and, oh, and then, like, just pass out it was very very fairy tale-ish the way she did that she passed out into the doctors uh or the scientists whoever the administrator shots arms it was very fairy tale-ish right and people who are like there's this is a conspiracy at its at, at its true essence because there's podcast there's a podcast dedicated to what happened with Tiffany Dover. I have yet to listen to this podcast, to be honest with you. I probably should have before talking about this here. Maybe I'll revisit. It'll be my first time actually. Well, it won't be my first time addressing something I've listened, I've heard in another podcast, but it'll be my first time addressing like a full on podcast on this podcast. You know, maybe I'll do that. Next week, if depending on what what's it looking like, topic wise. But for this, I'm not here to talk about what others have to say. Well, not and not entirely, but more so what I feel about this whole conspiracy. But there is a dedicated podcast to the Tiffany Dover, and if she's you know the death of her is what they say. Now. I went on this site to try to fact check it, uh, check this situation, this Tiffany Dover situation. The site claimed that um, Tiffany actually um, she's she she didn't die from getting a vaccine shot a day after she got the shot, a day after she quote unquote passed out on live television, right? Um, they were saying it's evident because she posted on her IG and Twitter um, and social media in general days after that, right? Showing that she was alive. The thing is, I cannot find an official Tiffany Dover account. Now, there's a few Tiffany Dover pages that I found on, on Instagram, and they all scream Fugazi, all of them. There's one where somebody claimed to have hacked the page at first to make money but then I'll, all of a sudden was compelled to turn the page was, was compelled to not use the page use the official uh, quote in their eyes the official page of Tiffany Dover was they they felt compelled not to use it to try to get money, but to spread the truth about Tiffany Dover. The video, or at least the last video on that page, again, is the video of Tiffany getting the shot and then passing out because of the vaccine shot. Like, I'm on Instagram right now. 
you can just type in Tiffany Dover, right? Dover is spelled D-O-V-E-R for those who don't know. Tiffany, if you don't know how to spell Tiffany, I don't know what to tell you, but it's how you traditionally spell Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. There's multiple pics of Tiffany Dover, but again, there's multiple pages claiming to be Tiffany Dover or just pages in general that um, have that are talking about her, so they have her pictures up there. Right. So it's just it's weird. It's weird. It's one of those things where like you can go down a real scary, weird rabbit hole if you're not safe. Now the reason as to why I did so one, because I wanted to see what was up. And two, lately, the anti-vaxxers have been looking absolutely freaking ridiculous, if you ask me. Not because they're anti-vax, but because they're using fake information, fake situations, obviously staged situations, to... And quotation marks prove because it's not proven much, right? It's actually making their 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 arguments look less and less substantial and less serious, right? Because there are actual people who've actually been hurt by these vaccines, especially Pfizer. Pfizer has a lot of dirt on their hands when it comes to what they've been doing. Johnson and Johnson as well. But Pfizer has a lot of dirt on their hands. And there's a lot of people who've been hurt by Pfizer. Real life people you can use as an examples as to why, even if you, even if it wasn't a vaccine, a, a, a vaccination created by Pfizer, it was something else that was, uh, that was untrustworthy and their track record is not, is, is not to be trusted. Therefore, one can argue, I don't trust this vaccine. Now, someone who got vaccinated, this stuff it puts fear in me because, yeah, obviously, if I'm hearing people are dying, getting a shot, and then they're, they end up fine, and then they end up dying sometime or whatever. Now, it's been almost a year since I got it. I got the shots back in March of 2021. No, not 2021, 2022. So it's been almost a year since I've been vaccinated. I've, I, I, de- I, I, I detailed my, like what was happening with me, dry mouth um, and the dizziness that was going on. I still get dry mouth from time to time. And it's always slight dry mouth. It's not like severe, but nonetheless, this stuff was not happening before I got vaccinated. Yesterday, my body was now. Nah, it could be something else, but yesterday I had like my body was was. I had muscle aches, and my body was chill. Like it was, I had chills and muscle aches. Right. 
I'm fine today. Don't know, don't think it was COVID. But at the same time, again, there are, I bring this stuff up to say that there are real side effects, negative side effects to these vaccines. And people have had it far worse than just dry mouth, the occasional light dry mouth <laughs> due to these vaccines. Not saying that I, I, I'm grateful. Well, I'm grateful I don't have those issues, not to make light of their shit. But there's far greater things. There's far great, not in like it's a great thing, but like bigger things that's has, that has happened to people because of these vaccines. Kate, the point I'm making is these things are real. These things really happen to people. And these stories are real and you can find these stories as well. So why the hell do you need to make out situations? I think this Tiffany Dover situation is the weird thing about it is. I think it was made up by people who wanted who was in the medical field because not everyone in the medical field agrees with the vaccines. And I think this if if that's even her real name. But this Tiffany Dover woman was one of the individuals in the medical field who did not agree with the vaccines at all. But instead of her and the others who are were involved in this supposed plot that I believe, instead of them actually using the science and, and, and going about it the right way, or I believe is the right way to go about this situation... They decided to play a hoax game. They decided to play this conspiracy thing where she's going to fake pass out literally like a minute or two after getting vaccinated. And then have and then it's announced that she's dead a day later. And then you got people saying, no, she's not. She's still on social media. But then you don't know which page of hers is real because people have the same six pictures of Tiffany Dover. And there's multiple pages. And they're not like verified pages with verified checks or anything. There's Tiffany Dover 1, Tiffany Dover 2, Dover Tiffany. is something else, something else. Or pages that have don't have the name Tiffany or Dover in it, but some other random name, but they still have her pictures up there. So in that situation, to me, it's hard to decide what is real. Again, once I listen to this podcast, if it's even still listenable, if I have something more to add to this situation then I will. But to me, it feels like this was a situation brought on by either two types of individuals. Someone seeking, uh, someone who saw an opportunity to seek some attention, to muddy the waters, to seek some attention, or someone who wanted to warn in quotation marks, the dangers of these vaccines, but went about it in the most 
not in the most logical way possible. Instead of going about it with the pure facts that they sh- they have or they should have, they went about it in a more theatrical way. And it didn't achieve what I personally would have wanted them to achieve. But I wouldn't have wanted them to go the theatrical route anyways. So, in short, I don't think this whole Tiffany Dover situation is real. I don't know what to believe. I got my thoughts still about the vaccines, and I'm not getting a booster. I got the two to just so I could get the full shot, or consider the full shot. I'm not getting a booster, and I'm not getting updated ones either. And people are going to go, oh, you say that now? I say that now, and I say that forever. We're going to get to a point where people, and I'm pretty sure we're there now, honestly, but nobody's going to constantly get no, nobody who isn't a shield. I know a lot of shields out there that just brag about having a shot five, six times. That's utterly ridiculous to me. Injecting all this stuff in their bodies and let me not go down that route, but the majority of people, I feel like they're not going to stand for that. So that's why I'm like, I feel like even if they're going to try to say something like you got to get it again, I don't think the majority of the people are going to be happy with that. But to the people out there, the, the anti-vaxxers out there who, y'all, there's real life situations. You ain't got to show videos of white people doing stanky leg. Shaking and stuff and lies and all that stuff. Come on now. I know I know bad acting when I see it now. And all these videos are just bad acting. You, the lady who... You, you mean to tell me that a vaccine made it so that a lady can only... if she, What was it? If she walked backwards or ran backwards and stuff, it was she was she wasn't shaking, or when she jogged or whatever she she would she she was fine. But if she wasn't jogging at the moment in time, she was doing stanky leg. Seriously, this is the type of stuff that the pro-vaxxers or just the shields or just the establishment they look at and they laugh at and they see they say hey look you see how ridiculous these anti-vaxxers are this is why we can't take them seriously and this is why when we say go get vaccinated do not question the vaccine you don't want to look stupid like these motherfuckers so if you don't want to look stupid like them don't question things. Just get the vaccine so you don't look stupid like these fools doing a stinky leg on a video and acting like they got, acting like, um, you know, their bodies is glitching and twitching out because they got the vaccine. That's not how it works, people. 
Like I said, even if you don't know anybody and you're listening right now, take my example. The slight dry mouth that I get on occasions. Even though I drink ample amount of water, I'm hydrated. Like you can, you can see by my skin, you can see by my nails, you can see by my hair. Hydration is not a problem with your boy. But the occasional dry mouth since I've gotten a vac- vaccine has been an issue. And when I say occasional, it happens every few months or so. And like I said, it's slight, but it's there. And this was never the issue before I got the vaccine. That's why I'm attributing to the vaccine, by the way. Other times or most times, if I if my mouth is dry, it's because I'm doing too much damn talking without drinking water. But there have been times where I were drinking water and I still was the dry mouth was and it's 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 slight and it's very temporary. It's not like slight as in it only happens a few months. It's slight in a sense that it only happens in every few months, but also it only lasts for a good maybe 30 seconds to a minute. That's still annoying, though. That still should not be there. And God forbid that's just a small symptom to hopefully nothing bigger. But there are real life situations that we can use to point and say these vaccines are not safe. They're not ready to be out in the market yet. Yet you got white folks doing stanky leg and you think that's cool. You got imaginary characters, Cinderella fainting on quote unquote live television. And you think that's what's going to get them. Yikes. Anyways, that's the episode. This has been another episode of the Earnest Thoughts Podcast. Kind of a depressing one, but so I'm glad it's over. I'm not going to do the usual outro because I just want to end things here, to be honest with you. So until next time, until next episode, peace out.